So we're gonna go ahead and start if that's okay. Um, let's, um, let's just start with a, a quick introduction, but actually before we do the introduction, uh, again, I wanna welcome everyone that is watching uh, that should be, should be primarily uh, Inland Spanish, uh, SDA Church Youth Department, and also High Desert Bilingual. But I know that there's some other people that are watching as well. I know uh, out in Hawaii they're watching us, so that's kind of cool. Um, so you guys have now become multi-state, all right, at this point. I have no idea if this is going international or not. It may, it may not. Uh, but, you know, at least we know that we're reaching people that are somewhere in the middle of the Pacific. So we want to welcome everyone that's watching at this moment and is, uh, is logging in. By the way, um, if you are watching on YouTube, uh, please feel free. Uh, if there are questions along the way, uh, you can put them on to the chat and we'll try to integrate them into the conversation as we go. Uh, but um, so very quickly, let's just do quick introductions. I'll begin. Uh, my name is Mitchell Aguinaga. I'm associate pastor at Inland Spanish. Um, and, uh, and, you know, just, just happy to do something for our young people, be able to talk and bring this important subject. I think it's a very important one uh, to, uh, to, through this way. Unfortunately, it'd be nice if we were doing this at a church, but maybe we'll reach more people this way. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I think this is good. So anyways, uh, go ahead. Anybody who wants to, uh, Andrew, Jason, uh, introductions. I guess I'll go. Hey, uh, my name is Andrew. Um, I work with the with uh, the English side on the High Desert English, the High Desert Bilingual Seventh Day Adventist Church. Um, you know, I've worked with the youth many years, and uh, now kind of working <laughs> to help the English side. Uh, I'm, I'm an elder on that side, but um, um, I've always had a hunger for the young people. And uh, as soon as Mitch told me about this, the, the topics that we're going to be talking about, um, we've all, all three of us we've always talked about how we wanted to, um, you know, just. Uh, integrate topics like this and just so it can be something uh, relatable, uh, relevant, and at, you know, at the same time, you know, just kind of just share some of the things that we've learned in our Christian experience and, and yeah. Awesome. Jason? Uh, so my name is Jason Becker. Um, for those that don't know me, I am the Pathfinder Director at High, De High Desert Bilingual. Um, I have always worked with the youth at the church. I love doing it. Um, especially more because, I mean, I can relate. There's a lot of the youth that are my age, if anything younger, and my, I have a brother that's 16, so I could really relate to the struggles. I could see the experiences my brother goes through and seeing all the kids that I work with in Pathfinders, it also, it also makes me understand like some of the struggles they go through. Um, and just like uh, Andrew was saying, this, this, I guess you could say this is our pilot for another, uh, another project that we have in hand um, that we wanna get started. So I'm really excited um, when the idea came I jumped right on it. It was like, we have to do this guys. We have our youth. There are a lot of them that are struggling. No one's really reaching out to them. So we might as well do something, especially right now. They're at home. We know they're at home. So we have to do something to reach out to them. And we hope that through this medium, um, we can do so. Awesome. I, I appreciate it guys. And again, thank you for joining in on this because this is both beneficial for the inland Spanish youth, as well as the high desert bilingual and anybody else that is watching. Um, so, uh, again, thank you for joining and both of you have been involved in youth ministry for some time now. Uh, I've known uh, both of you for many years and, uh, and I think that's one of the things that, that just kind of joins us together, right? It's, it's the, just trying to be able to reach our young people, uh, give them a message, not just only information, but a message of hope. Uh, so, um, we're going to start immediately and, um, we're going to have a quick word of prayer. So Andrew, you want to lead us in prayer? And then everybody else that's with us, just bow your heads with us and uh, as, as we ask the Lord for direction. Uh, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, at this time, we're just asking that uh, you would fill us with the Holy Spirit, Lord, as we would uh, enter your word, Lord, and even more than that, that we would enter this discussion, Lord, um, of what it is to have faith, Lord, and, 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 and um, uh, what do you think about on this subject, Lord? I just want to ask that. Um, you would be all of, with all the people that are watching, Lord, that uh, it may be beneficial to everyone, Lord, that through this avenue, Lord, it, it may be a, 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 a gate that, that may be open for us, Lord, to be able to reach those uh, uh, that we probably couldn't have reached in any way, Lord. I just ask that um, you would be with us and you would lead this conversation. I ask this in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Appreciate it. Um, so let me, if it's okay, I'm going to start out with a very simple question to both of you. Um, 
Are you guys afraid right now in the age of coronavirus? Are, 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 do you guys feel fear? Are you afraid? Uh, what, what's going on with everything, at least personally? Uh, what are you feeling? What are you, what are you sensing from other people as well? Uh, me personally, um, I know that me and you were talking about this uh, during the week, and that's actually going to mention this later. But, um, you know, for me, I have the stance like, personally, I feel like I am not afraid at this point. You know, I feel like there's always comes a point where it doesn't become real to us until someone near to us is affected. Right. And I feel like uh, I'm still in the bubble, you know, I, I, we, we see all the numbers just rising, you know, within a week, it went from like 500 to like 1000. Right. And we keep seeing them rise and rise. And like, I feel like it still hasn't hit me just for the fact that uh, I'm still one of the people that are still working, right, I work in construction. So I feel like I've, you know, I, I'm still working and, and I, I see everything kind of, you know, we walk into the, the stores, you know, walk to get lunch, and everything's empty and it, and it feels weird. But at the same time, it, it hasn't hit me, but there is an underlying fear in the sense of, you know, for those of you guys that know me, um, my wife is pregnant. She's uh, about, what, four, four months pregnant almost. And um, for me, just that fear, the fear comes more for my, I guess, my, my soon-to-be child and my wife more than, more than anything and my family around me more than myself. Uh, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Jason, what about you? Um, it's kind of I kind of I'm kind of like in an awkward place because just like Andrew was saying it hasn't hit somebody near me I don't know anybody that's suffering and um my girlfriend works at a hospital so she sees it all the time and there's times where she does get a little stressed out because it's um it's that constant um it's the, she's work, working with it constantly. She doesn't know if the patient is infected. She doesn't know this. So for her, it's stressful. So I personally can only imagine the kind of stress it can sometimes lead to her and all her coworkers. Now, um, I was okay with everything until actually Thursday night. Um, it hadn't really hit me up until I went to go pick up my sister from the airport. Um, since all the schools were sending all this, their students back, um, I went to go pick her up. And when I saw her and her friend, with gloves, the mouth with the mouth cover, and all of that, it's kind of like reality hit me. Right. Seeing LA completely empty out of all these years, going to school, going traveling, flying out of LAX, and seeing it completely empty when that airport is hectic, it hit me hard, and I was like, man, this is something serious. It's not, sure. it's not a joke. Like, like yes, sometimes the media tries to downplay it. Oh, it's not, it's just a, the common signs of a flu, but I have a biologist background. And to me, what does scare me now is that at the level that we're at as a country, we're on barely starting. If we really don't do follow the guidelines that they're giving us, staying at home so we can have more protection of ourselves, following just the basic aseptic rules, what's scary to me is that this could blow up. Sure. And that, that, that fears me because I have family. Um, one of my parents um, uh, is a rather um, disposition to get a little bit more sick, not just because of age, but also for underlying um, conditions. So that, that like now the reality actually like, it doesn't frighten me, but it puts me in a position where I'm like, man, like I really have to like put myself at hand with God and take care of my body at 100%. Right. Yeah, I think, I think there's uh, two sides of this, right? Um, I, I think there's a lot of, I'm not afraid for myself, but I'm afraid for someone near me. Like I, like I think of my small kids, uh, you know, my four-year-old. And then I also think of the family members and loved ones who are elderly, uh, you know, who are above 60 years of age uh, that I know or are getting close to that age. And so immediately you start thinking, well, you know, if it hits me, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I'm just going to fight. I'm going to battle it. But what happens if someone else gets it? Um, but uh, I, I think it's becoming more tangible for everyone across the board, uh, especially here in the U.S. Um, and we're in the high desert, so we're kind of far away from L.A. There's a lot of distance between us uh, and, and Los Angeles. Uh, nevertheless, though, when you see all the freeways, like when you look at a map, a traffic map, and everything is green, right? You're like, whoa, this is not, this is weird. What's going on? Um, and, and even the feeling that you get, my wife was telling me about this, 
and I felt it afterwards. Uh, we had to go pick up some things at Costco and at, uh, at Target. And she went into Target, I went into Costco. You know, we're trying to be careful, um, but the, just the, the, the feeling, the vibe that you're getting from people um, where you're, everybody's just looking at each other. God forbid you cough, because if you cough, it, it's like everybody just drops to the floor and, you know, and there's like this, uh, this, this kind, I mean, we're supposed to socially distance, but it, it almost feels like it's more than just the space. Like we're literally socially becoming apart from each other. And that I feel it. And, you know, I'm, I'll confess, like, I'm, I'm worried. I, I'm, I, you know, it's not something that's light for me. I'm, it is something that, that worries me. I don't know if it, if it scares me, but it definitely worries me, you know? So, um, but, but I think there are a lot of people that, that, that share some of those feelings. And this is why we brought the topic here. Again, we titled um, uh, today's conversation, Fear, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Uh, I was reading this, this uh, article on someone who was talking about fear. This was back in like 1963. Uh, but they said that as a Christian, we need to pay more attention to the concept of fear in scripture because it's much more complicated. It's much more nuanced than just simply being afraid. It's used in a lot of different ways. So, um, so, so let's start there, right? Let's try st start getting some answers to uh, the people that are watching and our young people. Um, let's start with asking what I think is a simple question, probably won't have simple answers, but is there a place for fear in the life of Christians? Like, is there a place for fear in our lives? Okay, so, well, I was looking, that, that's, that's a question that really, like, got to me, like, is there a place for fear? Because if anything, like, we have all these texts, like, that tell us, like, um, be strong, be brave, courageous for God is with you along those lines. Right. So then I came across this quote from Ellen G. White and it says, the Lord frequently places us in difficult positions to stimulate us to greater exertion in his providence, special annoyances, sometimes a cure to test our patience and patience and faith. God gives us lessons of trust. He would teach us where to look for help and strength in time of need. Thus, we obtain practical knowledge of his divine will, which we so much need in our life experience. Faith grows in earnest conflict with doubt and fear. Mm. So I, I, when I read this question, or when, I, when this question came up, I was like, there, there shouldn't really be a spot for fear in a Christian's life, but Ellen G. White is telling us the complete opposite, that sometimes we're going to have to go through fear mm. through certain periods of annoyance. I like that she would use annoyance, because sometimes those things annoy us. It's like, I'm annoyed that I'm afraid over something that I shouldn't really be afraid of or something like that. But it's through those situations where God, in his divine providence, is like, look, this is because this situation, because you're going to be afraid of this, you're going to come looking for me. Mm. You're going to rely on me. And that's what we have to do. We have to rely on God, especially in times of fear. Yeah, what you think, Andrew? Yeah, um, when, uh, when you asked this question, I, I thought it was interesting one. Just like you said in the beginning, I think from everything that I've read in, uh, in Scripture, I think this, uh, this answer uh, has a lot of underlying um, like parts to it. Um, you know, when we, ask, when we ask that question, is there a place for fear in a Christian's life? You know, just like Jason was saying, the immediate answer, the first thing that we say is, no, there, there can't be any, any room for fear in a Christian's life, right? Especially when everything was going on with the, the coronavirus, and we've seen the stance that many, many people have taken, the stance of, oh, if we have faith, you know, uh, you know, why are, you know, why are we going to fear if we have faith, right? And we hear that over and over. And I would agree to a, a certain extent. And um, the problem, I think, lies with the fact, right, just like uh, Jason said, like we have this as, as, as Christians, we feel like there shouldn't be fear in a Christian's life. But the problem lies with our experience that trying to combine the, the answer that we have with how we feel inside, right? Sometimes we, we say, you know, okay, we shouldn't be scared as Christians, but then our experience or our feelings inside tell us something very different. So when we try to combine those two, we start to say, okay, as a Christian, if I'm not supposed to feel fear, right, then why is it 
that I have this feeling in my heart, right? Why, why is it that I get worried? Why is it that I'm worried for my wife, for my kids? Why is it that there are all these underlying things, right, that are happening, right? And um, I, we, I feel like our, sometimes our feelings or our, or our experience contradicts the answer as a Christ, the, the biblical Christian answer, answer that we have. And I think that that's the, the, the biggest thing that we deal with. But I, I like the, the way you, that you um, uh, said the question or you, you told us the question. I, I don't know if you did this on purpose, but it says, is there a place for fear in a Christian's life, mm-hmm. right? You didn't ask us, can a Christian have fear in their life? Can they have moments of fear? But is there a place for fear in Christian's life? When I think of the word place, I think of what? Somewhere you stay, right? A home, an institution, a school. It's a place that you stay. So I, I would ask the question, is there a place? Is there a, is there a settling of fear in a Christian's life? Is there a place for fear to stay? Or can we as Christians have moments of fear? That's interesting. I, look, I think that's an, that's, a, that's an interesting way of putting it. Um, you know, I was thinking naturally, biologically speaking, fear is a good thing. Um, fear protects us, right? And, and if you talk to somebody who doesn't believe in God, just looks at it from an evolutionary uh, a worldview, a uh, materialistic worldview, they'll say that fear is simply a natural human reaction uh, to protect us from dangers, right? So it's meant to preserve life. Um, I, I can't attribute that only to pure biology. Obviously, I come from a Christian worldview, so I believe that God allows us to feel some of these things. Um, but but immediately, though, when you look at Scripture itself, right, uh, the book of Genesis tells us that the very first instance of fear does not happen before sin, but happens after sin. So there's no doubt that fear is a consequence of sin. It is not a product of divine perfection or of divine creation. Um, when God creates everything, everything is in perfect harmony. There is no need for fear. And I'm using that phrase uh, carefully. There's no need for fear. But I think the moment that sin enters our world now, whether it's a consequence or something that is a necessity of humans, it's here. And so, I, you know, I was thinking, like, what things am I afraid of? Like, I don't want to get bit by a rattlesnake. You know, like, for, for those people who don't know where we live, like, we live in, in the desert. And that's like that's like something you have to be concerned about right uh so you should be afraid of rattlesnakes like like you shouldn't be like oh rattlesnake i'm just gonna go and try to catch it like there should be an element of fear there like i think there should be an element of fear uh be you know at the edge of a cliff you don't want to fall off the cliff Uh, i'm not going to skydive without a parachute i should be afraid that my parachute is not going to open um getting hit by a car i don't you know i mean like like these are things that are meant to preserve your life but I think that eventually this can lead, like if it begins to consume you, it can paralyze you in life. So instead of that, that fight response, right, or that flight response, where you say, hey, I'm going to run the other direction, um, we can just stand there. And, and, and it's, that's what I'm saying. It's interesting what you're saying, Andrew, because it's, is it, can we feel moments of fear or is it a static feeling that we have that doesn't go anywhere? And I think, at least based on, on, you know, we're going to look at some of these verses, but based on scripture, static feelings of fear, there's no place for it for Christians. Yeah. We, can, we, are, we do, we're weak, we have moments, but definitely not something where we're stuck living in fear. I, I don't know what you guys think about that. And I just wanted to add to, to what you were saying. Um, you know, sometimes, like we said, we have we have people that say you know oh I don't fe- I don't I don't I don't fear anything right or you know I, I'm a man of faith or you know and one of the things that kind of comes to my mind is some of the uh, characters that we have in the Bible right we we know that the Bible was left there for a reason right and uh, we look at some of these characters some of the most um, how would you say it? the like I, I just just to give an example right Job right who is who is called the uh, blameless right the blameless man right mm-hmm. he when when God appears to him he says I uh, I despise myself. I repent in dust and ashes, right? This fear came over him. We see people like Isaiah, right? What happens? Um, he says, woe is me for I am undone, right? For I'm a man of unclean, of unclean lips, right? We see like people like Daniel who faint, John the revelator. We see all these men who are like, we would say the pinnacle or the people with what we, we probably would say we wouldn't doubt their faith with what they did in scriptures. And 
And for those men to have a moment of fear to me tells me something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jason. I'm glad that he brought up the whole Bible character aspect. Sure. Because um, one of the Bible characters I was thinking a lot about was Elijah. If we look at Elijah, he had just seen on Mount Carmel, he saw God send down fire. Mm-hmm. He saw, he's, he prayed to God fervently and God sent rain. And then right after that, he sees all these incredible powers that got like the incredible power of God. And then in one moment, he finds out that someone's trying to kill him. He completely like his morale just falls. He completely forgets mm. all these things. So I think like you were saying, like both you and Andrew were saying, fear doesn't have a place to stay. We can have moments of fear, but I think the, the, the important thing is like, what is it that we're going to do in those moments of fear? How are we going to let that fear play out in our lives? That it, that's really what matters. That's really what's, what's important in your right. Christian life. Right, right. I, I like this quote. I found this quote from, a, uh, um, from someone who writes for Psychology Today, and they said, fear can be your friend in just the right doses, but too much of it can kill you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, think, I think that's so good because once you start looking at fear, and in fact, I'll quote something else here. Um, K.S. Wiggins wrote for Ministry Magazine uh, a while back. This is the article I was saying in 1963. Uh, he said, should the Christian be fearful? And he says, no, for he must never be a coward and lack the essential heroism of Christianity. And then he says, yes, he should be fearful, for he must always possess that feeling of reverence in the presence of the creator. So it's, it's like a fine line, right? Yes and no. Now, th- that kind of leads me to uh, the, 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 the second big point I think that we need to discuss is, are there different types of fear in the Bible? Um, it, it, based on what you guys have read, what you guys have studied, the experience you've had at church, do you find that in scripture, there are different types of fear? Yeah, I, I, from what I've read, I, I know that there's two, di- two different, well, at least two different types of fear that, I, that, I've, that I've read of in, in the scripture. You know, uh, one of the, you know, just coming off the top of our heads, you know, when we think of uh, Revelation 14, right? When we think about the three angels message, right? Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come right Mm -hmm. this idea of fear god so is god asking me to fear him in the sense of being Mm -hmm. afraid of him does god want me to think of him as a wrathful god does he want me to give glory to him based on the fact that he's going to send lightning down my way or or he's going to judge me right and it it, kind of starts to make us think what does that word fear mean right and having to take uh the context of that right so what type of fear is God talking about? Is that the kind of fear that he's talking, that he's talking about? Uh, another one, uh, remind uh, the, the Bible verse that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? And the knowledge of the Holy One is, is understanding. Um, that same fear is the, the same fear that we're, is this, you know, the fear of the Lord. Does that mean that the beginning of wisdom is be, me being scared? Like, like, you, should, like I, you should be, like you should be terrorized of God, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we start to we start to we start to unfold, and we start to see that there are there there is a different meaning to fear than than what is led from the, from just what we see. Sure. Let me let me say something real quick, uh, just to follow up on that. Uh, from from a a, uh, a language point of view, uh, the New Testament presents a challenge when it comes to fear, because generally the word that is used for fear is the word phobeo, uh, which is where we get phobia from. The, the problem is that phobeo, it uh, includes all different types of fear, right? Uh, it's um, it, fear from like just being, again, terrorized, like just, just that panic mode, um, or fear like, uh, like reverence, right? Like you're in the presence of a king. Uh, and I think Jason's probably going to say something on that too. Um, but, but the word is the same everywhere. And so the context in which it is said is important. And I'll share a few verses with you guys in a little bit, but but I know Jason had some ideas as to the different types of fear, right? We, we were mentioning that right before we started the, the live stream. Yeah, so he, um, I like what you said, the the where we get the word um, phobias from, phobeo, because um, the article I was reading, um, it, it pretty much breaks down how many times um, the word fear is used in the New Testament, mm. and, it, and it, it breaks it all the way down to being, the, uh, it uses two words for fear. Phobeo or phobos. And both of them is the same thing. It either means 
being afraid or having reverence for something. So like if someone that's barely starting to read the Bible or something like that comes across fear God, the basic instinct is I'm supposed to be scared of God. Right, right. Um, but um, I was actually coming, I, I was reading a, another article and um, it was talking about the, uh, uh, different types of fear. And one of them, it, it put it out in, I believe it was three different, three different uh, types. It was, um, let me pull it up right here. It was respectful fear or say in awe of God, mm -hmm. protective fear, which is actual danger and chronic fear which is assumed danger. Now, when the Bible talks about fear God, it's talking about being in awe of God, having respect, respecting, respecting God, having respect for someone like, or even, or even when, um, when it would say people were in fear of the King, they feared the King. It didn't necessarily mean that they were scared. They just, they had a lot of reverence for him. They had respect. Now, protective fear, it's actual danger. Like right now, the, if we're, if we have fear of the coronavirus, it's something that's actually happening. Happening. It's actual danger to us. It's an actual danger to our society and to our health. So that would be the protective. That would be a, an, an example of protective fear. Now, chronic fear is assumed danger. That's when it's when chronic fear is when you overthink things. When you start overthinking what could happen. Like the danger isn't even close to you. The danger hasn't even happened. The situation hasn't happened. But the fact that it it's a one in a million chance that it could happen. You're already scared of it. Like I know there's people that I know that they're terrified of sharks. They haven't mm. seen a single shark in person in their life. Mm. They're never even going to put their foot in the beach to even be, to even have that genuine fear of a shark. Because but, let me, but let me, but let me ask you something. Don't you think that is part of the images that are, that are the, the images, the pictures, the descriptions that we are given, not, not that I have of something, uh, but um, apparently, like there was a, a huge increase in fear of sharks, for example, after back in the day the movie Jaws came out, right? So it, it's almost like you are given a, a certain prescription to something, and and you you take that and you're you're like, okay, yeah, I'm afraid of this as well. And I, and I say that because with the coronavirus, there have been times where I've literally had to just turn off the TV and just get my mind off of it because the more I'm reading the media, the more panicky I become. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I was I was sick about like pretty sick about a week ago, and you know some of my family members know I was just like, oh, I got the coronavirus, stay away from me, uh, and I didn't have really the symptoms of coronavirus, right? But but I was just just bombarded with all these things, and so then we get we develop a fear of things that we have no idea about because of what somebody else has told me, and I think that relates to God. Because sometimes we're given the wrong description of God. And then we become fearful of a God that doesn't even exist like that. Like, like Andrew was saying, right? Just lightning bolts and everything just trying to punish you. That's not God. God wants to save you. But because someone else told me about that, oh, now I'm afraid. Uh, I, I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, no, um, just uh, adding to uh, going back to the point that we were talking about uh, in, in Genesis in the beginning, right? What happened with um, with Adam and Eve, right? When uh, God approaches them, and it says that they hid from His presence, right? Uh, and he asked them, "Where are you?" You know, and He says, "Well, we we heard we heard you walking in the garden. We were afraid, right? So we hid, right?" And uh, that whole idea for me, you know, we know as we're talking about fear, is like the the number one that thing that comes to my mind is, did did Adam and Eve walk with God before mm -hmm. sin came into the world? Were they walking with Him? Do you think that he he was he would walk or walked around with them like it was nothing, right? So this idea of fear, like you said, is a fear that that came in after sin came in, right? Fear, shame, all these different things, right? So this fear, this awe and reverence that God wants, you know, in Revelation 14 or uh, right where we're re reading in Proverbs, you know, the the beginning of fear is is wisdom. This fear that we're talking about, like you guys said, is the awe and reverence, the 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 fear that God wants to restore right after sin came into this world this second fear right came in right where all of a sudden when different bible characters uh, uh you know an angel or or god appears in front of them there's this this fear that they have right because of their sin their sinfulness right and and god's per perfection right so 
we see how God, you know, when we see this other, I, I think it's important for us to read it in context because we see this other fear and how it is that God wants to restore that fear, that all in respect fear, not that other fear, right? Because we know as soon as uh, sin comes into this world, what is what happens? Separation. They hid themselves. Mm -hmm. After separation happens, what happens? Fear, right? So the idea is that we go backwards, right? When we're when we're afraid, when we have this fear, if sin brings in separation, what do we have to do? We have to come closer to God, right? We want we have to come to that awe and respect, reverence, uh, fear that God wants, you know. And and I I think that um, yeah. Yeah, Jason, you wanted to say something. He 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 covered you covered. Oh, okay, got you. No, you know what though? Look, just to kind of follow up, I I I had this thought, and I, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I think that fear takes a different role, especially with God, depending on your situation and your relationship with God, if that makes sense. In other words, if you are right with God, fear is awe and reverence of him. If you know you're not right with God, it's not awe and reverence that you have of him. It's literal panic fear because you're like, what is God going to do with me? Because I think that's what happens with Adam and Eve. They know they're not right with God at that moment. As soon as he shows up, they're thinking, what is God going to do to us? And, and, and so the question becomes, what is your relationship with God? And I think that fear takes different roles in your life, depending on how your relationship is with God, right? Um, there are some people that are afraid of airplanes. This happened to me once. I was on a plane. I'm not, I'm not really afraid of, uh, of, of flying, uh, but there was major turbulence. And I said, well, if this is it, if I'm right with God, the next thing that's going to happen, should I die, is I'm going to open my eyes and I'm going to see Jesus coming. So what, what am I to fear at that moment, right? If my life is taken. But again, it just depends on where your relationship is with God. If all of a sudden that plane is going down and you're not right with God, you better panic. At least that's the way I see it, right? You better panic and get right with God so that the fear can take a different role. I, I, don't, I don't know what how you guys feel about that. I like, the, I like that you brought that up because... Um, the fear, your, your, your position with God, whether you're in the right or in the wrong, really does, does, doesn't just stay at your spiritual level. Like what's going to happen to me and when God comes back for me, you know, it also transcribes onto your, onto your daily life. Mm. If, if, if you have a trust in God, simple things aren't going to scare you. Like you said, your plane experience, like somebody else would have been panicking. They would have gone they would, they would have gone crazy thinking like, oh my goodness, I'm going to die. What's going to happen now? Like all of this. But then it's like, wait, I have that trust in God. Mm -hmm. I have a relationship with God. If it ends right now, like you said, I'm going to see him. My family is going to be taken care of. They might go through a tough time, but they're going to be taken care of. But someone on the other hand that doesn't believe in God, that doesn't have that, that assurance or that faith in God is going to have that fear of, okay, what's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to mm -hmm. my business? What's going to happen to my family? They, 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 they don't have that they don't have that um that that trust or that faith so it doesn't like fear just doesn't stay at a spiritual level this goes to an ex an experience level as well yeah you know and that's a good that's a good segue to this uh and andrew maybe you want to chime in here um what is the role of faith when it comes to facing fear like 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 where where do we draw the line between faith and fear or or what is the tug of war between them if if you guys see it that way i don't know maybe you don't but what do you think oh man when i, I was thinking about this question you know uh what what is the role of faith when facing fear you know when we think of the word faith i feel like um uh, if i can call it this i sometimes i feel like in the christian circle it's like this this fictionary word if that's even a word huh. this fictionary word and i say that in quotations because I, I feel like we do this a lot with a lot of words, you know, words like faith, words like righteousness. We're like, oh, he's filled with the spirit or we have all these words that, that we use in the Christian circle. And I feel like uh, this is one of the ones that we just um, it, 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 it's tossed around, I, I feel like. And um, one of the, the things that, that, that came to our mind is when we think about faith, you know, and, and, and I've been through some stuff and uh, in, in this last year, you know, um, just wanted to, to share with you guys um it, it just in this past year I, I lost my brother and um and I, and I lost 
and it was really hard on my family. And um, this the faith to people, it seems to me like when we're not going through anything, I feel like faith is just a word. It's just a word we toss around. But faith is the realest thing that I had when that happened. Right. Wow. There, there, There's this uh, podcast I know you guys listen to that, that I was listening to that says uh, crisis reveals character. I don't know if you guys remember that. That statement just stayed in my mind. Because I remember thinking to myself, this faith, this walk that I had up until till that happened, till I lost my brother, if it wasn't for that genuine walk with God, that de- that daily spending time with him, that that relationship with him, if it wasn't for for that, you know, it, it, um, I don't know, I don't know where I would be if I would even be here to, today. And you know, one of the things that uh. One of the verses that are, are reminds me of, and I think that, you know, it's one of the, we say we don't, we don't use it or it's overused. And when we talk about, you know, how um, Jesus is talking about uh, building our, our houses on the rock, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the wind comes, it blows, right? And, you know, when I talk about faith being the realest thing that we, that I had at that time, it's like, I felt like at that moment, the house was just blown away, the mm-hmm. door everything the roof was gone I was just I felt like the entire house was gone and it was just me standing on that rock and and I and 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 I remember thinking to myself this word faith that we use so lightly in the Christian circle was the realest thing that I had in my life when that happened yeah no no that's true Jason yeah no yeah um, I I find it I find it so like like uh in lifting when I like with, with this whole thing that we're caring about because um as i was trying to get ready for this i was thinking about it all day i was like man like uh, the thoughts that i'm going to say like the things that i've studied upon the things i've read on is it going to be like good enough to talk about what we're going to talk about today which is fear and um as i'm thinking about all of this um uh pastor manny artiaga was having ha- gave a sermon today and i was watching it live and something that really blew me away because it fits perfectly into the context of this question, is he started talking about John when he was on Patmos. We all know that John was sent to Patmos to die. Like, that's it, like, the, like he was the exiled there, right? And um, he, like, I, I like, I don't know, I don't remember the exact quote that he used, but in other words, the quote was saying, like, it doesn't matter the amount of faith that you have. It doesn't matter how, how, how uh how good you are with god tribulations are going to come your way mm. and sometimes in church in the church setting in the christian setting we think when something bad happens to a person a lot of people quickly go to say oh it's because he doesn't have enough faith or like or like we see somebody fall with cancer and they pass away it's like oh but we prayed oh it's because they probably didn't have enough faith that's not the issue now, something that he went on and explained about John Mian Patmos, and um, I, I, can't, I can't recall the text exactly either, but he, was, he broke it down to, the text was saying, John was in Patmos, but he was in the spirit. That's correct. That's revelation. And that, yeah. that when, I got, when I understood what he meant by that, it just blew my mind. Because it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter your situation. John was in Patmos. He was far away from all the other churches. He was far away from all his brethren he was still in the spirit so when it comes to fear it doesn't matter what type of fear you're experiencing it doesn't matter what the situation is that you're in the spirit of god is going to be with you at all times when you're asking for it when you have that relationship with god it's going to he's going to be with you like in andrew's situation if he wouldn't have had that relationship with god like he said himself who knows what would have happened? Who knows this? The his situation could have been had a very different outcome, but because he had that relationship with God, he had that faith and that trust with God. All those promises that were in the Bible, I'm pretty sure they he they were coming up to his head. Now I'm pretty sure it wasn't him trying to remember them. It was the spirit, the spirit, making him remember those things. So that just like John, it doesn't matter the situation that we're in. Fear doesn't have a place for us to stay in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. If we have a relationship with God, that fear is kicked out the window because fear overcomes love. And that's, that's one of the beautiful things because once you have God with you, 
once you start learning about God, once you really have a relationship with God, you learn about his love and his love overcomes anything, even fear itself. And where there's fear, there's no love. And where there's love, there just can't be fear. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what? Let me, let me, uh, let me share something with you guys. Cause I think this is, this is a, uh, it's a good verse. One of my favorite stories, especially the inland Spanish youth know this because we preached on this recently. Uh, you guys remember the story when uh, the disciples are on uh, on the waves. Jesus is not with them, not this moment. Uh, Jesus was off in the mountains praying. They're crossing the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden, uh, it's just dead night, right? And they're looking out in the distance. It, the Bible says that the waves were starting to pick up, and then in the distance, they see a figure walking on it, right? And, and I, I'm just going to share it from Scripture. I got it right in front of me. This is Matthew chapter 14, um, and... Um, uh, in verse uh, 26, uh, it says, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear, right? So they're freaking out. They're panicking. They're, they're just going crazy because they're seeing what they thought was never real. They're seeing a ghost. That's what they're seeing, right? And so at that moment, at that, again, at that moment, right, they feel fear. And the, the next verse, it's great. As soon as Jesus picks up that they're feeling fear, at least this is the way I picture it, verse 27 says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, if they don't know who Jesus is, they're going to continue feeling fear. Jesus is banking on you knowing who he is so that you don't feel fear, right? He's telling them, relax don't be afraid because it's me right because it because it, it, it's jesus and if they don't know that jesus is someone who loves them who cares for them who watches over them then the fear will continue right i just just kind of going off of what you're saying uh the bible does say that right perfect love mm -hmm. casts fear out we know that why because as soon as you know that the most powerful being in the universe loves you and cares for you and wants the best for you if you are close to that love and can feel that love, then when those moments of fear come in, you know, Jesus just looks at you and says, hey, it's me. Relax. I got this. Do not be afraid. Because ultimately, faith is trusting in God when you don't know what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Right? You don't know. There's so much uncertainty. I'm going to take your words, Andrew. You felt like the wind just blew out everything. But, I, but the wind blows out everything when you're built upon sand. And that's because that foundation all of a sudden gets shaken and it becomes uncertain. So then you're left with faith, which is saying, Lord, everything has been taken from me. I, I, I trust you, but you can only trust God if you know God mm. and you know how much he loves you. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. And that, that was actually going to mention that verse. That's one of my favorite verses that I, you know, that I, that I, that I, that I like to use, you know, perfect love casts off fear for fear has to do with destruction because of judgment. Right. And that, that whole idea, right, you know, when we have a, a like a perfect, that word perfect, you know, whole, that relationship, that whole, that perfectness, that relationship with God, um, uh, that's, that's what, you know, um, going through, through that situation that I went through, you know, like you said, that was the only thing that I was holding on to. And my relationship was, with God was the only thing that I had a, a, after all that I felt. And, um, and slowly but surely, that, that's what, what got me through. Sure, sure. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're going to try to do is probably for like another two, three minutes, we're going to wrap up our conversation and then leave kind of like the last 10 minutes to see if there are any questions uh, from, from those who are watching us. Um, but, but really quickly, um, what is, if, if, if I can do this, I'm going to put you guys on the spot right now. What is the one verse in scripture that stands out for you about fear? Uh, is there a verse that comes to mind? Um, that, that you say, Hey, if I'm going to tell young people, uh, something about fear or how to deal with fear, this is the verse that comes to mind. I, did, anything that comes to mind to either one of you? Uh, well, the one that stands out for me is, um, without faith, it is, it is impossible to please God. Okay. Right. Um, I was talking to, uh, my brother about this, you know, we were, we were having a conversation about, uh, about faith. Right. And one of the, one of the things that, that we were talking about is like, why is it that God doesn't 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 put this um, 
right? When we think of the Ten Commandments and everything he's laid out, right? Why doesn't he make this long list of do's and don'ts, right? Why is it so much uh, 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 gray area, right? There's no, there's all this black and, you know, you know, and how come he doesn't make this long list? And one of the things that I remember thinking to myself is that, you know, if God made this long list of do's and don'ts, right? Thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do this. It kind of takes away from his character and who he is, right? Then all of a sudden we would have that second fear of being afraid because we're just walking on glass thinking of all these different laws. And we're going to be like the Jewish people who who add a thousand laws just to, to so they keep them from breaking the the Ten Commandments, right? And it and it kind of starts to paint a God in a different perspective, right? You know, if we think that God is all love, right? And, and the Bible says that that our faith has to work through love, right? Mm-hmm. So that that faith and that love component, right? Our relationship with Him have to work together. And, and it just reminded me of how, you know, God doesn't want us like we're saying to fear Him, right? In, in the aspect mm-hmm. that we're talking about. The second fear but god wants us to have a relationship with him not to have this long list of rules of do's and don'ts and how you know and what do i have to do to please you god or what do i have to do but god there's an aspect of faith that comes in with all that right of, of trusting god you know and and how um maybe right now you might be convicted of something that no like you might be convicted of something now that you weren't convicted of back then right and your and your relationship with god grows right uh, as you go and I think that faith aspect is, is is a necessary component, right? If if we take faith and love out, then he stops being God and he becomes a second fear, which is this thunderbolt mm-hmm. God, right? Mm-hmm. This judgment God, right? So uh, that's one one of the ones that I that, that comes to my mind. You know, without you know faith, it is impossible to please God. So we have it. It's like without trusting God, it is impossible to please Him. There has to be a moment in time where we don't have all the answers or we don't any know anything, and we have to cling to what we do know. Makes sense. Makes sense. Jason, yeah. So for me, it's not necessarily just a verse. It's an entire chapter. And this is this is one that my mom always taught us. She always had us memorize it. But it hasn't been until now that I'm an adult that it really makes sense. And it's Psalms 91. Mm. And, um, when you read it, it's just an entire promise. The whole Psalms 91 is an entire promise. But when you get to the end of it, to verse 14, it tells you why God is going to do all of this. Uh, a lot of people right now, and I've seen it a lot on social media, they use verse 7, Psalms 91, verse 7, and it says, A thousand will follow your side and ten thousand on your right side, but it shall not come near you. Now, why is this going to happen? Like, why is it that all of this is going to happen, but it's not going to come near me? There's a, I want to say there's a condition, but it's not necessarily just a condition. It's more like a, it's more like if I willingly do this. And in verse 14, it says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hmm. Nowhere does it mention fear. But everything before that is something that we would be afraid of. Sure. We're going to be afraid of a serpent. We're going to be afraid of a lion. We're going to be afraid of pestilence. But God's like, look, with me, there's no fear. You put your love on me, I'm going to show my love to you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to, you call on me, and I will set you free of trouble. It's like, you just have to put your love in me. And we know that love equals to faith. So just like Andrew was saying, the most important part of all of this is faith. Like, no matter what comes at us, no matter how many fall at our right side or our left side, no matter what, if we put our love or say our faith in God, he is going to deliver us. Yeah, you, yeah, you know what? Um, like, like if, if at any moment, and, and I guess I'm speaking, maybe not to to uh, to you guys, but I'm speaking to anybody that's watching right now. Uh, if at any moment you feel fear, uh, and it happens to any of us at it, like whenever, right? This is something that happens to the strongest of us and to the weakest of us. Deposit what you feel in God's hands whatever it is doesn't matter right um psalms 91 is great but but it begins by telling you that if if you're there at the reach of the almighty right if you are under and protected his wings moment that you step out of those wings i i can't i can't tell you what's going to happen but within those wings many things may happen to you but your life at least your eternal life is for is, is sure forever um i i'm i'm going to share a, a just two things real quick number one 
Um, Revelation chapter 14, verse 7 always stands out, fear God and give him glory. I do think there is an element of you should be scared of what God can do to a soul, right? You should be scared of what, of what the final judgment has for you. Like that, that's real. That's going to happen. And yet God says, I'm going to do everything I can so that you do not end up in that moment of terror. Because it's interesting, the Bible does talk about these moments of terror uh, of people who are not right with God and are facing God in the final judgment. Uh, so that verse always stands out, but God doesn't want you to fear him, as Andrew has said. God wants you to respect him and just, just get to know him to the point where you're like, wow, hey, God is love. Uh, but there's one more verse, uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, uh, that says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that, and I, I want that. I don't know about you guys, but I want that. I want power. Of, uh, I want love. I want a sound mind, uh, especially when we face moments that are fearful, uh, especially when we face moments that, that are really difficult, very similar to the ones that we're facing. Um, uh, I don't know if I have, if I have a chance to mention one more Bible verse. Do I have, do I have time? Go for it real quick. Yeah, real quick. Real quick. I wanted to mention this one earlier when we were talking about the two fears. Now that you were mentioning it again, uh, I think this one clearly uh, shows both fears in that same very verse, which is found in Exodus 20, 18, right? When uh, um, uh, Moses is at the, at having the, the, the mountaintop experience, right? And I think this shows it clearly. Um, it's uh, verses 18 through 20. It says, now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear but let not God speak with us lest, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. Awesome. That's a great we, text. We see both the fears there. It says, do not fear the fear, the, the second fear of don't be scared, right? For God has come to test you and that his fear, the first fear that his awe, his reverence, right? May be before you so that you may not sin. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great text, uh, uh, Andrew. I, I appreciate that. So uh, very quickly, um, you know, if there is a, a, a question that anybody wants to ask, this will be the moment we got maybe like about five minutes and then, and then we got to cut the Zoom. But um, we're just going to let, uh, see if any questions pop up. You want to put it in the, in the YouTube chat. Um, uh, it, well, apparently it's a lot, a lot of thank you and a lot of happy Sabbath. So that's really good. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, so if, if there are no additional questions, uh, just what would you tell young people right now facing coronavirus, quick in one sentence about fear and, and about how we should be approaching all these things? Uh, Jason, let's start with you. Hey, look, it's okay to be scared. There's nothing wrong with having fear. Now, what we have to be careful with is how are you going to deal with that fear? Are you going to let that fear overtake your actions? Or are you going to put that fear in God's hands and let him take the action? Perfect. By the way, question came in right now. Uh, did David have fear? Did David have fear? I'm assuming this is David from the Bible, not some David I don't know. Um, did David have fear? That's a really good question because David faced uh, uh, Goliath, faced the lion, I believe faced a bear as well, faced the Philistine armies. Uh, did David at any point have fear? Well, I, I think that, that absolutely, I think that when we see fear, uh, when we see fear, when we see David, I think we almost see like two different types of Davids, or actually, I would say many types of Davids in his life, right? We see him against the, uh, when, when, when Goliath, right? And it seems like he has no fear. He's almost kind of like at this place of, you know, on top of the mountain. And we could say, and, and I was talking to you, Mitch, about this, this, this place when we're on fire for God, when we're on top of the world and we feel like we're at our highest point, right? And we we feel like we have all the faith in the world, and a Goliath comes, a problem comes, and we and there there you know something happens, and there's no fear, right? That the faith just kicks in, and and then there we we see David almost in in some of these dark places, right? The places where he's with the Philistines, right? On the on the enemy's side, and we see him like completely opposite, like 
just like betraying almost everything that he knows and like the fear he's running from Saul like we absolutely it's like we see two different Davids and I think that perfectly captures the Christian experience like we were talking about the other day Mitch you know sometimes we're at this place where we're on top of the world we have we're on fire for God we have everything is going for us and 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 something comes a tribulation and we're able to handle that but then there's other times where where we're not in that place right and things are happening and like I said earlier uh the the house is tumbling down everything's taken away from you we're we're a Job right who was a perfect and righteous man right a blameless man and and this man was at this place where he was questioning god i think absolutely that 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 uh david had fear you know and i just think and i think that captures the the christian experience perfectly that 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 at different points in in our lives and as we mature as christians but at the same time david was called a man after god's own heart right right right. yeah david had an up and down experience for sure right um and uh it, I, I would say if you want tangible proof that David had fear, read the Psalms, read the Psalms, because in the Psalms, you will find moments where he is very, very fearful. And he is asking God, save me from my enemies. It's almost as if he feels that his enemies are surrounding him and are, and are about to kill him. Um, very brave man at very different moments, but moments of weakness like any man. Uh, like any human being. Uh, 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 Jason, uh, you want to you wanna, uh, chime in real quick and we'll probably end up with that and then you know, we'll, we'll close up the, the conversation. I, I like how David was brought up in the question because it's, it's, he's, he's the perfect example of the Christian experience. Um, if anything, one of my favorite Psalms and this, ver- this, this Psalm is very personal to me is Psalms 13. And it says, it says on here, when, especially like I feel like it fits perfect for it. Um, Psalms 13, one says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? He was mm-hmm. anointed before, above all his brothers, skinniest guy, the smallest one, like pr- practically the runt out of the group. He was the one that was anointed for king. And then later on, like, like um, Andrew was saying, next thing we know, we see him running to the Philistines hiding. It's like, we, we see all of this. And he's fearful he's right. human like sometimes people look at bible characters and it's like man but they were they, they were bible characters they knew more about god no they were at the same level they were at the same level playing field as us they were human they were still affected by that human aspect they still had fear they still went through hunger they, they went through happiness they went through all these things as us so if anything when i read bible stories like that it makes me happy because it's like hey I'm not the only one going through this. Someone way back left left an example for me on how I could deal with this. Sure. David is a perfect example of all of this. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And look, there are more questions coming in. I think we're going to have to do like a part two on this conversation uh, because some really good questions that Jesus have fear. That's another question that's coming up. Uh, but we do have to wrap Ooh, it can up. Can we answer that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we got to wrap it that's up. That's a good one. I know, I know. And, and uh, honestly, it's my fault because I actually got to jump into another uh, Zoom for another church uh, right now at 630. Um, but, 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 but we're going to do this again. I think this is a conversation that's not done. We need to do it again. Uh, maybe we'll revisit this in a week and, and we'll open it up to questions uh, during the week so we can explore some of, these, uh, some of these issues and topics because it is a complicated one. Um, but let me finish with this because somebody actually pointed to this verse. Uh, a shout out to Michelle. Uh, who said, this is the verse that helps her. And I think this is a great way to end. This is Deuteronomy chapter 31, uh, verse six, uh, uh, verse six, verse six, excuse me. Uh, It says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. I think that's a great way uh, to end this. So um, we're going to end right now. We're going to have a word of prayer. But first, I just want to thank Andrew. Thank you for the time. Uh, Jason, thank you for the time. Uh, for all 39, 38, 40 people in and out, who knows how many have been in and out uh, who have been watching us, thank you as well. Um, we, we are going to try to get to these questions. I think we're going to do a part two to this conversation. Um, and uh, if you have a question, uh, send us a message. Uh, send Andrew a message. Send Jason a message. Send me a message. Uh, if you guys got our phone number, if not, go onto the Facebook page, put it on there. Uh, our personal Facebook pages, whatever. Uh, But we're going to try to get this going again 
because I think there are many things that we still need to answer. Uh, but anyways, uh, Jason, uh, you wanna you wanna have a final word of prayer here? Yeah, let's go ahead and pray. All right, join me, guys. Father God, uh, first of all, Lord, I want to thank you for another Sabbath that you gave us, Lord. Another day that we could forget about all the worries that we have in the world and just completely rest in you. Now, Lord, um, when it comes to fear, let us trust in you wholly, Lord. Uh, from what we understood from our discussion today is that where you are, there is no place for fear. Wherever there, wherever you are, we're safe, Lord. Please, Lord, help us to live a live a life that is completely and most in the mo in, in every single way given wholly unto you, Lord. Let us trust and depend on you 100%. No matter what storm comes at us, no matter what virus comes at us, no whether no matter what situation is thrown at thrown to us, Lord, that we give it to you and that we surrender it to you, Lord. Help us now as we begin a new week um, to start it with you and to end it with you as well, Lord. Please bless every single one of our viewers and please bless every single one, every single other uh, child of yours that is um, ending this week, Lord, uh, with you. I ask for all these things in your name I pray. Amen. 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 So once again, thank you guys. And to all our young people and everybody who's watching, do not fear the Lord is with you. And if you do feel that moment of fear, deposit your trust in the Lord. Have faith in the Lord. The Lord loves you and wants to save you. Guys, thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to do this again. Is that is that okay with you guys? Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless everyone. You guys have a great Sabbath, a great week. Stay away from the coronavirus if you can. And if you can't, trust the Lord. All right. Uh, everybody have a great, a great day.